right, welcome to another podcast edition of White Collar Crimes, a podcast where we expose the crimes of the elite and privileged, the crimes that are committed for a financial incentive, motivation. Great to have you aboard. Hopefully you're having a nice week, and depending on when you hear this, maybe celebrating 4th of July if you're here in the United States, celebrating Independence Day. If not, hopefully again, nice weather where you are. We've had, in my area, the droughts have had a little bit of relief, but it's come at the expense of some very bad storms, and a lot of people here in the land of Lincoln, particularly the central and southern parts, are, when I'm recording this, without power, but hopefully that will change soon. But uh, we hope you're safe wherever you are. As I said, sometimes money is the incentive and motivation for someone to commit a crime. And that is the situation in this episode. A young lady by the name of Deidre Hunt. Which, these crimes committed in a place, oddly, uh, not far from where my wife and I had lived for about a year. Now, the different thing about this case is, is that most cases concerning white collar and violent crime both whether it's violent crime or white-collar crime most of your perpetrators are male but in this case of course there is a male accomplice as you'll see in this case but sometimes crime just throws us a curveball and you get an unusual suspect in something and that was a little bit of the case here especially at this time not something real usual to be expected but Dieter Hunt, she was a young bartender who worked at the Top Shots Bar in Daytona Beach, Florida, which is about 20 miles or so from where my wife and I once resided in Florida. Beautiful coastal town right along the Atlantic Ocean. Famous for, of course, the Daytona 500. A lot of other things happen in town. Very historic little town and a very beautiful place to see. So uh, something that uh, you wouldn't normally expect something like this but it did happen nonetheless and she worked at this bar that was owned by Costa Fotopoulos. Uh, he was married to a powerful family of Greek immigrants there in the Daytona, Florida area and he was, he, they were welded, most of them in his family, well-to-do business folk and he was married to Lisa whose family owned several other businesses in the area also a very prominent family much more so than his family actually although his family did own some area businesses it is my understanding her family had a little bit even more prestige as far as their wealth and what businesses they owned now though he was unhappy in his marriage he reported later a divorce would have been financially devastating to him because as I said her family had money and with a divorce he would lose whatever connections he had to her wealth that she had through some of her family businesses so even though he had some of his through his family uh, mostly what he had was due to his connections with her family now at some point there around in 1989 he begins this affair with Dieter who works for him as a bartender waitress in the pool hall the bar and in that summer the two lured a young Kevin Ramsey to an isolated shooting range. Uh, right now, seems like nothing out of the ordinary, right? Just invite somebody along to do a little shooting, shooting practice. Haven't been for a while, but something I uh, do with some of my friends once in a great while. Haven't been for a while, but hopefully when things in the nuttiness of life slow down, I'll get a chance to maybe go out and do that. 
but uh, they lure him out here. And he was also an employee of the bar and of Costa's. And they lured him out here because the pair feared not that he would so much expose the affair they had, but expose their counterfeiting scam. And apparently he had knowledge of that, that that was something they had going to make extra money. And counterfeiting's been around a long time, but it is a very serious crime. It is a federal crime that can get the Secret Service on your tail because contrary to what a lot of people don't know, the United States Secret Service doesn't just protect the president. They are a branch of the Treasury Department, and they investigate crimes like counterfeiting so that is something that would get get them involved and they feared since he apparently had knowledge of this scam that he could expose them and get them in some federal trouble potentially now they lured him out here also with the promise of admission into an exclusive club but when he was lured there he was there to be murdered they lured him there with the intention to be murdered because, as I said, he could expose a pretty lucrative scam they had going that was financially rewarding to them, but was also punishable by a lot of years in most likely federal prison. Now, once at the range, Ramsey was tied out to a tree. Now, Deidre shot him three times in the chest and once in the head with a 22 caliber pistol, and that's something a lot of people, you may kind of notice that even though this is not a high caliber weapon, they are used very frequently in a lot of shootings. And the ammo in a 22 supposedly has a very high kill rate. And there's debates on why this is. Some debate because 22 uh, pistols and 22 ammo, 22 ammo is very cheap compared to other forms of ammo. I have a 22 pistol myself and I can say the ammo on it's very cheap compared to other types of ammo. But the, the, the debate is whether or not it's used because they say that the projectiles of the bullet bounce around inside somebody's skull and will immediately cause death as opposed to making a quick exit like some of the other uh, ammo will. You know, it's a chicken and egg kind of thing. Who knows? Some debate, as I said, because uh, it's cheap. That's why it's used in, in so many homicides. But some say it has a very successful kill rate because of the trajectory and the way it bounces around. Who knows? But nonetheless, it was used in this killing here. Now, to make sure he had his bases covered and he had the blackmail that he needed, he also, Photopolis, videotaped this shooting and he conveniently stopped this taping and then turned it off when he himself was to shoot Ramsey in the head. But he didn't mess around with just a little 22 caliber pistol. He decided to bring out the big guns and brought out an AK-47. So he finished the job, but it's conveniently not on tape as he had on tape with Deidre. So He's got her in his counterfeiting scam. Now he's got her pretty much at his beck and call because he has a piece of blackmail. He has a videotape of her shooting and killing Mr. Ramsey with three times in the chest and once in the head with a 22 caliber pistol. Now after this, the two next conspired for their next crime to financially gain. And this involved killing Costa's wife and collecting a $700,000 insurance policy. 
Now, I'm no math expert, but that's good money now. But in 1989, that's extraordinarily good money. I'm guessing this is probably something that would be in the area of maybe $2.53 million, something like that now, the value of that when you're going back to that time. Uh, My first job was in 1989 at a Dairy Queen when I was in high school, and I made $3.35 an hour. That was minimum wage then, which I didn't buy a lot even then, but uh, obviously it certainly wouldn't now. But $700,000 even now, that's a pretty hefty sum for a life insurance policy, and especially at that time. Like I said, I... Not a math person, but I would bet if you adjust the inflation to the times now, that probably would easily be a two and a half, three million dollar policy. So they certainly could have cashed in quite well, which they have their counterfeiting scheme going. They have silenced somebody permanently that could be a witness to that scam. So now they've set their sights on his wife to move in and kill her and collect the seven hundred thousand dollars. So he sends her, basically, now he can extort her, blackmail her because of the tape he has. He sends her to meet with a man and to set up this killing. The man that she believes probably at the time is a hitman. Eventually this friend referred her to someone to kill the wife for $5,000, which it always amazes me how many people are willing to do that. I mean, $5,000, sure, in 1989 was probably worth, you know, $15,000, $20,000 now, but to place a human life for that little of money, it always amazes me how many people are willing not only to pay this money for something like that, but how many people are willing to do these acts to kill and get this type of act done and cash in the money. Put a human life as little value as $5,000, which again, that's not a great deal of money even then in the grand scheme of things, especially when you're talking about a human life, an innocent human life here, who, as far as we know in this story, had done no wrong other than just being married to Costa. So, they find this man, I think it's right, Taha James, who again agreed to kill for $5,000. Now, he failed to kill her on two attempts, so he wasn't too good at this job, so I doubt he had a real long career in contract killings because of his ineptitude. So, a man by the name of Brian Chase was hired, and he went in, well, like I said, Brian Chase is hired, and then he went to the home in November of 1989 and did shoot the wife in the head but she survived. This is at least three attempts now to kill her, so she had a good guardian angel. God was definitely looking out for her because, as we said, Mr. James failed on two attempts to kill her, and even though he came really close, and I'm sure she suffered some permanent damage from being shot in the head, she miraculously survived. Now, To cover his tracks yet again, he does seem to always think of that. Costa would then shoot Chase and and kill him in an attempt to make it look like a burglary, burglary that had gone violent. But he failed to think of all stages here and cover all bases because when the police searched the home, they found that little videotape we were talking about a little bit ago, and that was the murder of young Kevin Ramsey out at the shooting range that they lured out there for the promise of being in an exclusive club 
only to brutally murder him to silence him of, of his apparent knowledge of their counterfeiting scheme. So I guess he didn't think far enough ahead to hide that in a more secure location. And again, this is before the digital age and internet boom and everything we saw later in the 90s and today. So in 1989, anything that was recorded back then was pretty much on a VHS tape. And this is what they found the recording on, and the police were able to seize it because it was still in the home. I guess he felt comfortable enough and never felt worried enough that he was going to be caught or any of this was going to get this far would be looked into. I guess he felt it was in a safe place. So he left this there. Of course, he probably wanted it close by where he could always use it to blackmail and extort Deidre. But uh, the pair both ended up getting indicted for the murder, uh, for the murder of Ramsey, once this video had come forward. And she, Deidre, was actually sentenced to death. And this reminds me, the only other time I can think of in Florida of a woman being sentenced to death was the... Eileen Warmos, which is a horrible case, really. Uh, I think it was Charlize Theron that played her in the movie. You can check that out. But she actually was executed just some years ago here. But most of the time, it's very rare to see a female get a death sentence. But that's exactly what happened here. Now, in 1990, the next year, Deidre Hunt was sentenced to death. So, like I said, she is sentenced to death. Other than Eileen Warmos, not too many times this has happened anywhere. But I will say Florida, they are pretty active with the death penalty. In the year that we lived down there, I think there were a couple of executions that I can recall. So they do sentence them and they do carry them out. A lot of states still have them on the books, but don't really carry out these death sentences. Other states like Illinois and some of the ones I've in have done away with them. But in some of these southern states, especially like Florida, they still carry it out. And that is what she faced at that time. But fortunately for her, this death sentence was overturned. It was overturned on appeal, and she was eventually sentenced to life in prison. So they murdered to cover up a counterfeiting scheme, and then tried to murder and cash in on a $700,000 life insurance scheme. And then Fotopoulos also shot a guy to try to make his attempted contract killing on his wife look like a burglary gone wrong. Now, he was not as lucky as Deidre in this regard because, as I said, Florida has a death penalty and they are not scared to use it. And they were not scared to use it on him because Fotopoulos was also sentenced to death in this case. However, he was not so lucky on appeal because in 2018, this is quite a ways down the road from when this happened, but in 2018, the Florida Supreme Court upheld his death sentence. So, in reality, the only other appeal he has is to the U.S. Supreme Court, and contrary to popular belief, I know a lot of people think that you can just appeal a case to the Supreme Court. That does not happen. They only hear a microscopic, tiny proportion of the cases that are appealed to them every year. Now, I'm not saying his couldn't or others like that, but when the state Supreme Court shoots you down, that leaves you pretty much your only option is the United States Supreme Court, and just getting them to hear your case you really have to have an extraordinary case to grab their attention. This is probably not one that is going to do that because it's pretty straightforward what all with the death and the malice that was involved in these killings and the senselessness and the callousness. I doubt very seriously anything would get turned over by the United States Supreme Court. 
Now, Florida does carry out these sentences, as I said, so there is a real possibility he will someday in the near future be executed. Uh, unlike other states, Hunt will waste away in prison because she doesn't have possibility of parole. In other states, she might have gotten life with some type of possibility of parole, but that was not the case. She did also get life without parole. So the good thing is these two, you know, we always talk about what could happen in the aftermath and down the road. There, That's not going to be a possibility here. These two are not going to have the chance to commit violent or financial crimes of any type because they are going to die in prison one way or other. Uh, Deidre will die of some type of natural causes, most likely when she's older and finally dies in prison. And Costa will either die in prison waiting out his sentence to be carried out or he will indeed be executed. It, uh, one or the other is going to happen, but many times we cover cases where the possibility and sometimes by the time we record these, they are already out of prison. That is not going to happen with these two because these two are going to spend their lives in prison. Deidre will spend her natural life. As I said, Costa will either die in prison or he will be executed under Florida law. So, something that we definitely would, uh, you know, these two are very violent, very dangerous people, willing to kill for a buck. So, thankfully, these are the types of people that we have prison and a death penalty for. So, the good thing is they will not commit these types of crimes again. This is the dark side, really, of white-collar crime, which is not reported near enough and doesn't get near enough coverage, and it does harm just as many lives as street crime. But this is one of those times where the greed and financial crimes can turn deadly, and sometimes that's happened in podcasts that we've covered on this show because it does, unfortunately, on the extreme end happen. Not a lot, but in this case and others we've covered, that is exactly what happened. But... As I said, we will see justice because she'll serve the rest of her life in prison and he will most likely die in prison one way or the other. So these two will not victimize anyone again. But you should be on the lookout for your elderly friends and family because I always say that's who gets victimized by these white-collar crimes. But look out for all your friends and family and yourself. Please like our Facebook page, White Collar Crimes. Like us on Give us the five-star rating on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you happen to be listening to us. Please help promote us and help this keep going, exposing these types of crimes that don't always get the media coverage they should. We'd like to help keep that going. And if you have an idea for a show or you want to be on this podcast, either or is great with me. Just contact me at Ryan Horn. That's R-Y-A-N-H-O-R-N-V-T, V as in Victor, T as in Tom, at gmail.com. And also... Please check out my website, ryan-horn.com, if you're in need of voiceover services. As I said, got some audiobooks that are soon to be out released, and got a chance uh, last weekend up in Macoupin County to get a small part. My agent got me in a movie that's coming out called American Criminals that is going to be about the Leopold and Loeb murders. It stars some veteran actors, Robert Donovan and Doug, Doug Wilson, I'm sorry. So uh, I'll be telling you more about that down the road when that's set for release. So definitely check that out. And again, have a happy 4th if you've served and fought for the freedom we have here in the United States. I'm certainly owing you a debt of gratitude, and we thank you for that. Please have a safe and happy 4th in the rest of the week. We hope you will tune in next week when be back to see us. We're going to talk about a case that involved a doctor using faulty and deadly silicone injections. So be sure and check that one out. So we will see you again next week. God bless and take care, everybody.